0: Gentlemen, it is the Baggies broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield. As ever, I am joined by the one, the only, the man who is loving life in 2021, Mr. Joe Massey. Joe, how are we, sir? Uh,
1: well, it's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Um <clears throat> I wouldn't I mean, say I'm enjoy- nice guy, Oh, you are, you're a very nice guy. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm enjoying life in 2021 yet. Um but <laughs> like, saying Happy New Year to people was just a little bit ridiculous, wasn't it? It was like, basically, everything's staying the same until we get a vaccine. So, Happy New... Like, that's when New Year starts, isn't it? When we get a vaccine, but... <clears throat> oh, yeah. Just happy to actually be joined by you, mate. Just, it's just nice to actually feel like we're colleagues again and to work together. And we have... In this podcast, we have a few running themes. Obviously, your wonderful journey from Villa to Out to being an Albion fan. That was a lovely theme for a while. I mean, um, that's a lie. <laughs> We've hit a bump in the road of it. We, we won't go into detail with it, but COVID doesn't help your journey. I like, I understand that, but as soon as fans are allowed back and you are allowed back, that'll be that'll be back. There's no doubt about it. Um, and yeah, we didn't do a podcast last week, did we? No,
0: I mean I mean I I, I I messaged you. Did you? Yeah. Asking to do a
1: podcast. Yeah.
0: No, you did not. I said I said I was I was working the Monday like normal.
1: You messaged me saying I'm on annual leave until X
0: amount of day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me right? clarify. <clears throat> so I messaged, you, I messaged you after after the um, after the Liverpool game. I said, "Mate, I've got some bad news. I'm 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 working tomorrow. I'm working Monday. I can do podcast Monday, but I've got annual leave, and I had four days left to take." My year, so at the Express and Star, we four work days. we work January to January, don't we, Joe?
1: Well, most people, yeah, we do. We're technically supposed to, yeah. I mean, you you don't do January to January, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Go on. Well, anyway, our holidays carry January to January, right?
1: Well, technically, so, by the rules, they do. Yes, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm a stickler for following the rules, Joe. Oh, mate,
1: you life? are an absolute stickler for those rules. You really are.
0: <laughs> and I had four days left. And I'll have you know, there were only four days after Monday of of, of this year mm. or of last year, so to speak. So to save the, the hassle of carrying holiday days over and this and that, uh, I, I mean, I had to take them.
1: To save the hassle of doing any paperwork on your holiday, because if you do, there's a chance that someone will look into how much annual leave you take and realise that you're way over. I said to my wife, I was like... She's like, she always asked me when we're doing the podcast. And I was like, ah, oh, we're not, we're not doing it this week, Luke's on annual leave. And she just looked at me and went, he is actually always on annual leave, isn't he? And I was like, yes, <laughs> it's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not bringing it up just for a laugh. He is genuinely always on annual leave. It's absolutely incredible. I'm surprised I you mean, do 10 podcasts a year.
0: Uh, well, that's a lie. I'm not always on annual <laughs> leave. I'm working right now.
1: Yeah, I know. But that's what I mean. It's, it's nice to tie you I, down I, for once.
0: I'll tell you what do you want me to detail all the annual leave i've got booked for 2021 <laughs> for you
1: you can do it Luke, but i won't believe you so i've got no i've point. got
0: i've got four days off in february yeah oh, actually um. no it's, it's more than four days no it's four days of course it's more than four days uh and then i'm not off again i'm just clicking through my calendar <laughs> until until july of course
1: mate all right well everyone listening to this make a note of that luke hatfield is claiming that he'll be working All the way from basically March to July. It's never going to happen.
0: That doesn't account for Lou days, Joe.
1: You have said that on record now. On record. Make a note of it. What episode of the Baggies Broadcast is this?
0: This is episode uh, 15 of season four.
1: 15 of season four. Right, I'm going to make a little mental note of that. I'll be coming back to that one day.
0: Guarantee I'll ask you in half an hour what episode Mm. we're on. You will forget.
1: You've shot yourself in the foot there, young man. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's talk some football.
0: I mean, I was going to have a little bit of banner first.
1: Oh, you know, I love the banner, mate.
0: So, it's the first podcast of 2021. Have you got (laughs) any New Year's resolutions?
1: No, I don't know if I've ever made a New Year's resolution in my life.
0: Have you got one? Do you know what mine was last year? Do your hours. Wow. Go on. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It was to learn to juggle.
1: How did you achieve it?
0: No. Uh, My one before that was to learn Spanish, and I didn't do that. I'm just gonna, terrible at keeping New Year's resolutions.
1: You're going to try again with the juggling.
0: Uh, this is the thing, you know. The reason I did it was because, I mean, back when we were allowed to socialise, I was I was like, a hey, a New Year's gathering. Um, obviously not the one just gone, the one before, so 2019, <clears> 2020, <throat> and they had some jug like you know, the juggling balls. Yeah. So I was like, I was trying to do it and I couldn't. And then I Googled it and it said it only takes like a week or two to learn how to do it, really. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I can do that as my New Year's resolution. I'll find two weeks. Uh, literally two days later, didn't I? Didn't even try. There's um, one thing you
1: can do, it's find two weeks, mate. <laughs>
0: You, you, you are the gift that keeps giving.
1: Honestly, you really are the gift that keeps giving.
0: You you have dug the axe in, and you are not removing it, are you? You are maintaining its position. Any good Christmas presents before we talk about football? Um, I've got a lovely coat from my wife.
1: Oh yeah, uh, very, very lovely coat. Really pleased. You know, like when you, abs- she did absolutely like get that gift bang on. Like I didn't really, I wasn't asking for a coat or anything, but you know, when someone genuinely gets you a gift you love, yeah. I'm really actually made up with it. So it's, I'm really pleased with it. So, what,
0: will you be um, sporting that to Blackpool this weekend?
1: I have been wearing it. Actually, I've been wearing it with um, at the games recently. But I've, but I've been wearing about 15 layers at the games recently. I, you, I
0: was going to say, I tell you what, you would need it for Arsenal, mate. Do
1: you know, what I actually did for Arsenal. Right, I had, <clears throat> I got like a G lay body warmer thing.
0: Tim Show special.
1: Ca- Tim Show special. and I had, um, um, and I had that on in my coat, and then. What I did, I used my old coat. <clears throat> it's like yeah. almost like a sleeping bag.
0: I, oh, like, you did I zipped didn't. it up
1: and put it over my legs because it was so cold, mate.
0: I did feel for you. I, I was watching on the TV and I was seeing that snow coming down. I looked out the window and uh, it was snowing here as well. And I was like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm covering this game from home.
1: Yeah, oh, that was so
0: cold, I mean, I, f- I felt terrible saying it because, like, it, it, we're in a very fortunate position. I mean, I don't get to go to all the games, but I've, I've been to the odd one and there's a lot of fans who are missing out and it's really, it does get people down and, you know, I feel for anyone. Obviously, in that situation, we're very lucky, but oh, it I was... still would
1: rather be there, though. Like, I still feel genuinely lucky to go. And weirdly, like, I was talking about this with Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail, it's still warmer in the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's, that probably isn't weird and that's probably, like... There's obviously, like, scientific reasons for that. Um, but sat in the pre- it's a lot colder walking into the Hawthorns than it is in your seat. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that is, but I'm sure someone clever can tell me. But
0: I mean, you do have a roof over your head.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and you're, like, surrounded by stuff. It's not as windy, is it? But it mm. is warmer. But, yeah, I'd rather be there, but it was
0: 100- cold. 100% if I was offered a chance to get credited for that game, I'd have taken it, regardless.
1: <laughs> I've got to point out, I've got a cough. Um... Which is oh. obviously not, not the look you want in these times. Um, but
0: <laughs> it's the it, worst thing, isn't it? Back, back back before like all this lockdown and stuff, you'd 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 hop on the bus, and if you had like a, I mean hay fever is a killer for me. You'd have like a scratchy a scratchy throat, and you'd you'd be looking around. and Everyone would think you've got it, but I don't. It's just hay fever. Um, but I
1: have I, all it is is my little boy's got a, you know he's only one isn't he? and they get every little cold going, and I've got his cold. But I've been tested. Safe. I've been tested, so I'm safe. I'm safe. I've not got COVID-19.
0: That's good. Thankfully. That's good, mate. But I will uh, a
1: cough a bit in this podcast because I've got a lot to say and I've got
0: a cough. You do have a lot to say. Um, let's just get into it then, uh, <clears throat> Joe. I mean, the last two games, Albion 0 Leeds 5, West Brom 0, Arsenal 4. As festive periods go, mate, that was bloody dreadful.
1: Um, it was awful. Wasn't it? it was absolutely awful. Um,
0: <clears throat> Grim with a capital G.
1: Grim with a capital G. Two, um, yeah, shocking performances. Um, and look, <clears throat> I said this in a tweet um, at full time after the Arsenal game, and I absolutely stand by it. Um, I don't think there's any massive point in in judging Sam Allardyce as we sit here today. Um, it's the January transfer window. He's going to sign probably four or five players this month. Yeah. Um, they will make a very big difference to his style of play and how he wants to play. Um, they'll probably um, provide sort of the experience and the leadership um, this team has been lacking um, all season. But as it stands, um, <clears throat> Albion have got worse under Big Sam rather than better. Um, yeah. I- I think that's a, I think I think that's a perfectly fair comment. Um, they have not they've I mean they've shipped thirteen goals in the four games. Twelve of those goals have come at home, um, and there's there's an awful lot I want to say about it really. So I could probably talk for the next twenty minutes on it. So feel free to interrupt me um, um, if I can. No, you dive it. in.
0: You dive in, mate.
1: Well, I think like the starting point for me. Was Liverpool was Liverpool away. See, the Villa game, if we, look, if we talk about the Villa game, look, Jake Livermore's been sent off after half an hour. Um, the truth is Albion aren't good enough to play in the Premier League with 10 men. Um, so I, I kind of let that one go, really. Um, Liverpool was, and I, and I don't, what, everything I say about in the next half hour, I don't want, and I always say this, but I don't want it on any of those websites. I don't want to be quoted on it. I just want it for this podcast. Um just in this in our little chatty way of talking about things. Um, But I've spoken to an awful lot of people about the Liverpool game, and I was pretty much on my own in my opinion on it. Um and my opinion was that I thought Albion were really poor. Um and I, I spoke to loads of people about it since. I've spoken to people in the game, I've spoken to fans, I've spoken to people like at the Express and Star who've covered football for for, for years really, and they were so impressed with Albion's second half <clears throat> um and they did put in a much improved display second half and <clears throat> i came I, but i was so sort of i was i wasn't impressed by the first half performance it was obviously sort of like they were playing this sort of six four zero formation and I came away they got they got the point and I came away in two minds because m- my first mindset was. If they play that first half again, they won't go in at the break 1-0 down. They That's be what two I said ni- to
0: you after the game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, they'll be 2-0 down or 3-0 down. And as great as their performance was in the second half, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, because mm. they, on another day, they would have been 2 or 3-0 down. Um, <clears throat> and, but, but they did get a result. They did get a result. And I came away thinking, just as me being completely honest... And I came away thinking, basically talking to myself, I was like, Joe Massey, that is a football lesson for you. Like, because I've never really watched a team or covered a team that's played with what they call now a low block, that where, where you put a lot of men behind the ball. Look, Jose Mourinho does it at Tottenham, does it very well. Diego Simeone does it at Atletico Madrid, does it very well. Sam Allardyce has done it very well in his career. And I thought, you know what, you've actually learned something there because... The game plan worked a treat, really, that Liverpool are, in my opinion, the the best team in the world. Um, Mm. They've won every game at Anfield this season, I mean, it was like April 2017, wasn't it? They last lost there um, in the league, Sam Allardyce, of course, getting that win with Crystal Palace. And I generally came away when we were doing our post-match with you going, you're going to learn about a different style of football here. because I didn't watch Albion during the Tony Pulis years, only on match of the day, really, and the, and the occasional 90 minutes, never never to really, truly embed myself in and understand that system. And I came, so I came away sort of it very, very, a very mixed mindset. On the one hand, I was like, you play that first half again, you don't even get a chance to come back into it. But then I was like, no, actually, Sam Allardyce knows knows what he's doing here. He's, he's a master at this. He, he, you're just going to have to all learn from him, essentially. Learn, learn from this team. And, but I did have that niggling doubt. I did. I did have that niggling doubt. And <clears throat> when Leeds did what they did to us, it took me back to that first half at Liverpool.
0: Mm.
1: Because I j- if, if Rafinha and Rodrigo and Harrison can do that to us at home... I'm sorry, for me, Sane and Salah can do it to you at Anfield. Yeah. Um, and they they ripped us apart. Let's be honest, Leeds absolutely ripped us apart. And I know, I know, I know it was slightly different styles. I know Albion weren't as defensive against Leeds as they were against Liverpool. I know they were more sort of tried to be a bit more progressive and But I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but they still had like 77% possession or something in Leeds. They, Albion didn't Albion's possession was in the 20%. Um, mm. And for me, if you're in the 20% section, you're playing a low block. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when they did that, when they did that, when Leeds ripped us apart like that, that just rang alarm bells to what I was thinking. Everyone was telling me how great Liverpool performance was. And I, and I was just, I really wasn't sure. I really, really wasn't. And then the, the Leeds game just sort of underpinned that I was right actually about Liverpool. Um, I was right all along about it. And then it meant that when we went into the Arsenal game, I was genuinely expecting to get spanked. Um, I genuinely thought they would win comfortably and, and, and they did. And, and 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 I don't blame Sam Allardyce for that because at this moment in time, he hasn't got the players to... to I don't think to play that way he knows that style of football he's trying to he's trying to set them up in a certain way i don't think they can do it i think you've got two managers in slavin bilic and sam allardyce who are very very different in terms of what their dream philosophy would be if bilic has his absolute dream way he wants his teams playing attacking football dominating possession allardyce wants to base his teams on solid foundations um and, and building from the back and and not conceded and pushing forward from there. And I really, really think the two teams are lost in trans- transition. Sorry, the two. I think Albin's players are now lost in transition between the two managers. And I think it's not mm. going to be until Allardyce gets in his players that we're going to see an improvement and um, to his style. My big, big worry is, and this is <clears throat> this is my genuine fear, is that. When Allardyce was unveiled, he was asked how he, this is his own words, this is my fear, but what Allardyce has said is, is sort of how lead leads to my fear. When Allardyce was unveiled, he was asked, how has the game changed in your time away? And his answer was, he said roughly, it's become more attacking. There's mm. teams are, are, are playing in a more attacking style and they're playing with uh, and they're looking to score more goals. <clears throat> now, my worry is that if you're going to play with this low block or whatever you want to call it, that the Premier League has come, come, moved on so far in the two and a half years Sam Allardyce has been out of it. That I think now the, the quality of player in the bottom half of that league has got so much greater. I hand on heart believe that Crystal Palace will finish in the bottom half of the Premier League this season. Mm. But they've got Wilfred Zaha and Abrichie Easy. I think Newcastle will finish in the bottom half this season, but they've got Alan St. Maximum, Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. And I think Leeds will finish in the bottom half this season, but they've got Rodrigo, Rafina, and Harrison. And I just think all those players are too good not to score if you're going to consistently concede possession. Mm. That's my that's my overriding fear, um, so far. That the, the truth is that teams are just everyone now. The, well, not everyone, but a lot of teams in the bottom half have got overriding quality going forward, um, and you've got to look. Arsenal won't finish in the bottom half, but they 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 are in the bottom half at the minute. Um,
0: I mean, yeah, they had a shocking run, um, didn't they?
1: Um, and. I don't know, that's my opinion. Look, I genuinely do think, hand on heart, things will improve. I do think that Allardyce will make this team a lot harder to beat. I do think that he'll start getting results, and I do think they'll start things will turn around because I do think he'll make signings, and I think he'll bring in four or five players, and that'll be that'll make all the difference. But as it stands, I genuinely don't think he's got the players to play the way he wants to play. And I'm slightly concerned that even if he does, even once he brings players in, has the game evolved to an extent where teams are still going to sc- even when we're harder to beat, a team's still going to score against us. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's a possibility. I, I, I should say I really really hate sweeping statements. Like I think it's quite easy to to say a manager's the games moved him on moved. Move past him and stuff after he's been out the game for a little bit. I think that is a bit. I think it is very very easy to say. And Sam Allardyce has got an amazing record as a manager, absolutely amazing. So I think we've got to give him every every like fair chance, really. But but that is my fear at this moment in time. Um, that there's just too much, too much elsewhere.
0: It's it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because my worry at the moment is, and I tweeted as much <laughs> last night. Under Bilic, like don't get me wrong, there were some performances. There were some abject performances, at, performances at times, or shall I say, there were some some really poor results at times. You know, they they got beat three against Leicester on opening day. They got beat by three against Everton. There were the games against Fulham and Southampton where they didn't really lay a glove on the opponent, but ultimately they weren't getting spanked week in week out. So, confidence was... Whilst you're not winning games, you're also not getting trounced. And there's something to be... I mean, it's it's not good. At the end of the day, it's a results business. And if you don't get the points on the board, you're going to go down. But there is something to be said about that. Now, I look, and they've just been beat comfortably by Aston Villa, albeit with a red card. Very comfortably by Leeds. And very comfortably by Arsenal. Liverpool... I said to you off air that first half it was, it was I didn't I didn't I must admit I thought this is going to end three or four when I'd watch that first half and another day I mean they had two or three free kicks edge of the area which you know you don't really want to be giving away ultimately I didn't score from them but it's not it's not necessarily the point they got in some really dangerous positions on another day Liverpool could have been out of sight by the end of that first half I'm worried about confidence that the players are going to have and yes i know you know bringing in players will lift that especially if they're of a certain pedigree i mean we've talked about certain players over previous podcasts and if if say for example i'm not saying he's he's linked with them i'm not saying that he's going to go there but say someone like Phil Jones comes in <clears> that gives a lift to the rest of the squad because he's come from you know manchester united he's got a pedigree that's i'm not, I'm not saying that's going to happen by any means But making signings does lift a squad. But I'm just worried about the confidence that the players maybe have in themselves and in whether they're going to buy into this system. Because I thought that the second half at Liverpool, I thought it had clicked. And I was like, oh, they've really kind of bought into the system quite quickly. Now I look and I think, have they they actually bought in? I mean, I don't know. I mean, are they... There's a lot to be said about whether they're confident in the plan that the manager is putting in place. And at the moment, I think a lot of the players, and you're right in saying that they're not really the players suited to the method. For example, Romain Sawyers, no no disrespect to Romain, but he, he's not He's not a holding midfielder. He shouldn't be sitting there screening a the back four. Dar Roche isn't a left back. I mean, he's a young lad who, who's a centre-back by trade. He's played right back a bit last season, of course. Played, I think he played one game at left back last season. And that's in a championship? I mean there are players being put in positions where they're not they're not best utilised. I'm I'm still not entirely sold on Matt Phillips. I don't Matt Phillips for me is, is when was the last good performance? like really, really truly good performance we saw from Matt Phillips. It was a, it was a long old time ago, uh for me. And then you've got Carlin Grant who obviously wasn't um wasn't wasn't involved against Arsenal, but is is he the type of striker who's you can play a long ball to and hold and him hold it up. I think he wants to run off the shoulder, to be honest with you there's a there's you're right in saying that, but in terms of you know the players aren't being put into a position to win games, but I'm just wary do they actually do they actually buy into the system
1: <clears throat> yeah i mean it's an interesting one it's a very good question I think recruitment is so important this month and is so important for so many different reasons it's not it's a lot more complex than replacing one footballer with a, with a better one. It, it's going to be Sam getting in his own men, um, people mm. who are on board with him, who understand his methods and can, can lead the others. Look, the truth is, Albion players have got to get on board with it and they've got to get on board with it for their own good, really. And And, and they will because so much is at stake for them. If they go down, their wages get cut in half. Footballers mm. are absolutely obsessed with the Premier League. They, they're they all obsessed with it and being in the Premier League. If they go down, they're obviously not playing in the Premier League. Um, so they have to get on board with it. They have to. There's, I don't want to keep harping back to Bilic. I still think there's a hangover from Bilic going. I still think there's certain players are very, very disappointed to see him go. Um, and that's understandable. But they will have to get on board with it because they want to be in the Premier League and they don't want to lose half their salary. Um, but there's no doubt they're stuck in transition. And the big thing is, and, and Allardyce does constantly talk about, he does keep bringing, it always feels like every question you ask him, me he brings back to this at some stage, but he, they are getting absolutely no time on the training ground.
0: Mm, that's a fair a, point.
1: And it, I think it really is a fair point. Um, <clears throat> um, because he is based on organisation. He is based on drilling the players with exactly what they need to do, positioning, and 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 he's not getting the, the to do that as he wants to do it. Um, so that it is a fair point, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think they are in transition. Um, they will get on board, but God, there's an awful long way to go, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and by no means am I saying the players aren't don't want to buy in. It's it's a matter of. Have they bought in just yet? Have they had the opportunity to to buy into it? Because like he said, and like Sam Allardyce has said, and he's right in saying it, he hasn't had time on the training ground with them. And, you know, three games in, what was it, a week? I mean, you've got no time to really, truly prepare, have you? Especially, I mean, as a manager who's coming back into the game after however many years out, 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 out of it. It's just, it's a tough one. But like you said, it's a vitally important transfer window now. What's the latest we know, Joe? Has, has there been any early names that that you're willing to kind of openly talk about?
1: Uh, oh, you put me on the spot there. So there's one or two names, but there'll be stories over the next couple of days. Unfortunately, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to say they are. But there's what we know for a fact is is that Allardyce wants a new spine, basically. Mm. So, um. I put out a story a couple of days ago where I said he wanted a defender, a defensive midfielder, and a striker. Yeah. Um This is the clever use of language. Maybe is it isn't clever? Maybe it's obvious. I don't know. But I didn't. I didn't. I said a defender. I did not say a centre back. Yeah. And that, that was a very. That was a. That was deliberate, um, because I think he probably wants a centre back and a full back, um, but. I'm not quite sure which is the priority there. I think it may actually be fullback. Um, I mean, they are played
0: Rocher there at the moment, a left um, side, I mean.
1: Yeah, well, Yeah, Dar, I, I, I don't think it came across very well on TV um it, against Arsenal, but he did they played three center backs against um Arsenal. It was a 3-5-2. Um da Roche did play left back in the second half. Um but he was he was very very out to the left um yeah. O'Shea, but it was it it was wing backs and if you if you can see the whole pitch Dean garner and Furlong were constantly in the same position um mm. but yeah i th- i personally think they need a full back um i think they'd listen to offers for Kieran Gibbs if they could, if anyone's interested in him, and i think they'd bring in it bring in a left back if they could um because, obviously, Conor Townsend's injured and Gibbs is so injury-prone. Um, it's untrue, really. I mean, he only got injured in the warm-up against Leeds, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, we know that. We, look, I think we're looking at a, a full-back. I think we're probably possibly look, we're looking at a centre-back. And I think we're looking at a defensive midfielder and a striker. That's what I been. That's what I understand are the, are, the, are the absolute priorities. Now, the interesting thing is, obviously, um Finances. So there isn't a lot of money to spend. There isn't a lot of money to spend um, uh, anywhere in football, really, uh, if i being honest, because of the pandemic. But Albion have spent about £47 million pounds this summer, um, committed to spending £47 million pounds this summer. When you look at all the deals they've done, Carl and Grant, £15 million over six years, Grady Dean Ghana potentially £18 million, Pereira, £9 million. Um they did, they did spend a fair, a fair whack of money um, this summer. They spent more than they ever spent before, actually. Um, commit to spending more than ever spending before this summer. So Allardyce <clears throat> hasn't got a lot to work with. What we understand is that he will predominantly be looking to bring in players on loan mm. and also players who... I think, I think there's a fair chance this window there will be players who um, get their contracts paid up. Yeah. So an example of that would be, um, say, Danny Rose at Tottenham. From what I don't think there's any interest in Danny Rose at Tottenham, I'm just using this, but for some reason on Skybet, apparently his next club is going to be Albion. He's favourite to join Albion, but from what I understand, there isn't any interest in Danny Rose. But um, I think Danny Rose, for example, he isn't in Tottenham's 25-man Premier League squad. He isn't, mm-hmm. he therefore, he obviously isn't playing. He's got one well, six months left on his deal. And I think they'll probably come to an agreement where <clears throat> they pay him whatever to pay off his contract and he then goes and earns that, the, the difference elsewhere. Plays for six months. I'm sure Danny Rose probably thinks he could maybe give himself an outside chance again in the England squad. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think that they'll be... Not having money isn't great. Let's not let us not pretend it is. We'd all much rather that Albin had a sugar daddy owner and was willing to, to spend absolute fortunes. But... It really isn't a normal market um it's it's still going to be a seller's market sorry it's still gonna be a buyer's market if you know what i mean teams are looking to teams are going to be looking to sell um Mm -hmm. and they're going to be looking to save money so it's going to be a wheeler dealer's market there's going to be deals to be had um and i think you can um expect to see a new spine I genuinely, genuinely believe, as, as I sit here now, Albion will sign a striker, they will sign a defensive midfielder, and they'll probably sign two defenders. At least. Mm. At least.
0: That's the thing. I mean, you look at an, an, another player who who has been linked, Mamadou Sacco from Crystal Palace, of course, has previous with, with Sam Allardyce. Allardyce was a man who in at Sellers Park. He's another one whose contract is, is running up this summer and there's a lot of suggestion that that he could you know either either be a permanent deal where it's a pretty nominal fee just to get him off the books or you know, like you said it could be another situation where they buy him out and he, he's kind of said well, go and find yourself another club Is yeah, he the so i'm not willing
1: to... to say i'm not willing to say um like i've got a couple of names up my sleeve basically that are going to be stories today and tomorrow um 10.30s? <clears throat> maybe ten thirty. I don't know. One's not really oh. ten thirty worthy. I don't think because his name is out there already. A bit like sake. Um <clears throat> The other's ten thirty worthy. Uh, but oh,
0: I can't, I can't wait.
1: Uh, <laughs> but what I am willing to say is I don't. They're not. Inter- I don't think they're interested in Sacco.
0: Mm, fair enough. Sorry uh, man, to push your bubble there. That's fine, mate. It's fine. It's fine. That's that's what that's what people listen to a podcast for. That's what they listen to a podcast for. A little bit of conjecture and then you, you know, uh, a little bit of fact too. Um <laughs> shall we shall we get but Yeah on players to... like
1: Sacco was the point you were trying to make, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, exactly players like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Do this this is a question because a club in Albion's position, let's be honest, it's not um it's not ideal. Players might look at Albion and and maybe consider them. Maybe it's a bit harsh to say dead and buried because they've got a new manager, but they're not in a good position, put it that way. Do Albion have the the pulling power, so to speak, to convince names to to come to the Hawthorns?
1: That's a a very, very fair question. And that's probably why, you know, you said about this 10.30, and I said one of the names is out there, is it 10.30 they? That's why I'm sceptical about that name, for example, because Mm. there's other clubs in for him and... RL being a really attractive proposition at the moment, I'm not sure they are. If you've got other Premier League options. Um But what they will do, you'd imagine, is they will give players a big bonus if they stay up. Yeah. And that is what players will join on, the fact that. And let's not forget, Sam Allardyce is Mr. Keep you in the Premier League. Um, yeah. I got look, I'm sitting in out, I've not been impressed. I got like I think everyone knows that. Um, I've not been impressed by the four games so far. I think we've shipped goals. As I've said, I think we've got worse under Allardyce rather than better. Um, But I still believe if anyone can do it, it's him. Mm. Um, I'm worried about if the game's moved on. I am. But newsflash, Sam Allardyce knows a hell of a lot more about football than I do. Um, He's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, not once, not twice. (laughs) Not even three times. I mean, he re- so if anyone can do it, he can. Players will look at that, um, <clears throat> and you've got to remember, like, he is someone who players absolutely love playing for. Um, yeah. Play- players love playing for Billich as well, but they but when you speak to former players who have played under Allardyce, um, they absolutely sing his praises. So I think players will want to play for him. I think they'll think like we all think. If anyone can pull off a survival, it's Sam Allardyce. And if that means I get a nice little bonus at the end of the season, then fantastic. Especially if they're not playing. Oh, yeah. Um, If they're not playing somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure um, they'll fancy it. But yeah, like you said, if they've got other options in the Premier League, I don't know, I think there might be more attractive options. But I do think um, West Brom is still a very, very... um, Attractive proposition for a lot of players, um, especially with the financial rewards that will come with it. You'd imagine.
0: Mm. Right. Uh, before I get into questions, I kind of put a separate tweet out. Uh, just, just, just asking people who who would be a realistic signing they wanted to see. Obviously, Joe, you don't have to tell me whether they're whether they're coming or not. Um, but maybe we could discuss whether they'd maybe fit in something like that. Um, Andy Turton, formerly of the Express and Star, says Cenk Tosin, Damari Gray is Lance those kind of players. Uh, GWBA, Fabian Delph on loan. Out of favourite Everton, good player in a position where we're severely lacking and brings the leadership aspect. Uh, I'll tell you what, Fabian Delph would be great. Um, Mamadou Sakho says Paul Garbert. Chaudhry on loan from Leicester, says Chris Caddick. Uh, someone mentions Yannick Belassi Mike Griffith says that um, mm. and Damari Gray um, from Pat Frost and then a load from the last Blair right: Corley Woodrow Ben Pearson uh, Aidan Flint Adam Reach Maxine Collin Daniel Johnson Adam Armstrong I mean all those names just getting thrown in it's, it's so hard to kind of pick, pick players out especially when it gets a bit silly season doesn't it with, with the transfer window opening up and you see names linked left right and centre don't you
1: yeah, yeah, so one of them is one of those names is the ten thirty tonight, and it's already been out there, so everyone'll probably know what it is already, but just leave it at that for now. Um a lot of them I think um <clears throat> a lot of them I think are a bit are potentially a bit lazy. So for example, che Now yeah. I don't know if there's any interest in having a or not, I don't. Um I've heard one or two names of strikers that um they are in I've heard they are interested it. I need to firm up more before I would be willing to write stories on them uh, he hasn't he hasn't come up in those conversations I I don't but I'm not saying they're not interested in him I'm not um, I don't, like I don't know for sure um but I'm not I'm not getting a, an impression at this stage on the 4th of January let's remember it's still the 4th of January um do they want check but the truth is, when Sam Allardyce signed Cenk Tosun for Everton, he turned around and it was for £27 million, and he said for £27 million, you couldn't buy a better striker in the world. Um, so I think when you say a comment like that, yeah, it inevitably leads to stories like this um, by not what what I wouldn't call a news outlet, I would not an actual proper news outlet, um, like fan-driven, clickbait, whatever sites that right to get clicks basically like I, I haven't seen Chintosa mentioned in it anywhere legitimate um and I think it's because I genuinely think it's because of that quote he said yeah all those years ago um some of the other names on the list uh, uh, like Fabian, Fabian Dalf would be the one I would that I don't I don't know anything about Fabian Dalf either
0: um I mean they, it'd be fun fant- in terms of what he brings in terms of leadership very vocal in the changing room I think that's exactly what Albion need versatile can play at left back I think his best football's played as as a central midfielder potentially screening that that back four
1: I mean he'd be fantastic wouldn't he let's be honest I mean he literally ticks every box in terms of my god we need some leaders my god we need some experience my god we need defensive midfielder my god we probably we need a left back I yeah. mean he, he couldn't be a better fit really um so, I mean, I'd love it to see him sign. But, <clears throat> again, he's going to be on a lot of money. Uh, I don't know what his contract status is, actually. I don't know when he's out of contract, whether Evan will be willing to pay that off. But Alvin have got one domestic loan left, and this is the issue. Um, <clears throat> mm. And this is what I'm going to be writing later, really. It's, it's, they're going to have to be so careful with that loan. Um, because
0: He's got another year on his contract. According to Transfer Market.
1: So he it it expires at 2022?
0: Yeah, summer 2022.
1: Yeah, so you'd imagine Fabian... So Fabian Dalf is going to be a loanee. If we're going to sign Fabian Dalf, it's going to be on loan. Uh, I mean, as we sit here now, to be honest, I think he'd be worth the loan. Um,
0: if he can stay fit, that's the issue. If he can stay fit, yeah. But Which is always a gamble.
1: <laughs> but this one domestic loan is so crucial. Um, because been will sign one domestic loanee this month. They, they, they have to make use of that market. Um, and it's, they just have to get that one right.
0: Mm. Um, Here, here's one for you, and I'm not saying that either of them are linked and either of them are going to come. You had the choice, Fabian Delph or Phil Jones on loan.
1: Oh, i take Delph all day. This might sound... This might... I, I'm not... I don't know if we desperately need a centre-back. Don't get me wrong, I would like to see a centre-back signed. Um, but I do have an awful lot of faith in Shamir Jai and Daryl Rocher. And I, mm. I think, and on his day, Carl Bartley is, is decent. So, look, Ivanovic has been real struggles with, there's no doubt about it. Um, he looks massively off the pace. It's, I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I, I find it a bit sad. Um, a player that was like, has won so much in his career. It's not nice watching him struggle, um, no. the way he's struggling. Um, so a centre back is important, but um, if I had to, if I was making my list of uh, uh, no, this is the way football works. You have to work your way through lists. You can't just have everything you want. My number one position to sign would be a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Number one, I really like Sam Field and I really hope he signs a contract at the end of the season and that he gets the opportunity to go on and have a really like long career at Albion. Um, but at this moment in time, we need a proper... Def- not proper, because obviously he is proper, but we need an, ex- we need an experienced defensive midfielder. Mm. So my number one is a defensive midfielder. My number two is a fullback. Yeah, And the, and the only reason why number two... Is full-back ahead of number three, which is striker, is because how Robson-Carno can hold the ball up. Yeah. When he's fit, he will, he will hold the ball up and link play. He's not really an allodized target man, but I'm just talking about his needs of absolute necessity. So one defensive midfielder, two a full-back for me, three a striker, four a centre-back, and all those players need to be signed for me. So have any chance mm. of survival, all of them do. But that's my order of preference, if you like. Um, One, two, three, four, and Dalf would be. I mean,
0: Dalf covers two of them. Dalf
1: potentially covers two of them because Connor Townsend has been fantastic. So get him fit, get him in the team, get Dalf screening the midfield. Jobs are good, in really, Um, but yeah, they're my. They're four and in that order.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'd agree with you there as well. Uh, right, on to questions. John Hughes asked the first one. I mean, Dan Ashworth, we had an identity in terms of how we played and the type of manager required. Under Dowling, it seems we have gone backwards in terms of the academy, recruitment and managers of completely different styles. Does the club have a long-term plan?
1: See, now that's, that's a very fair question. Um, very, very fair question. Um I'm obviously. I'm in. I'm in. Look, when when things are going well, everyone at the club's great, aren't they? When when things yeah. are going badly, everyone at the club is rubbish. So <clears throat> that's why now we're getting sacked the board and Luke Dowling's rubbish and all this that and the other and it's just the way it goes. It's just swings and roundabouts. When when Dowling was signing Furlong and Sawyers and doing the deals in the championship, he was a genius, and now now. Um, he's not. So I got to admit, I don't. I don't think anyone else would have got the deals. Some of the deals done that Dowling got in the summer. Carlin Grant, for exa- ex- example, on higher purchase, um, was was a was a great deal. Um, and Philip Kravinovich, like if you look at it for Philip Kravinovich, village was pushing and pushing and pushing for Kravinovich to sign permanently, um, and Dowling wouldn't basically wouldn't allow that to happen because he wasn't sure if long term if Bilic moved on, whether Kravinovic would be part of the plan. So I think like signing Kravinovic on loan was very, very sensible. Um, so I think Dallin does do, has done a lot of good things. Um, what I would say is, there is there can be no long-term plan when Sam Allardyce is your manager. Mm-hmm. I, I struggled, my big gripe with England, for years, supporting England, for years and years and years, it was that whenever we sacked a manager... We got in the polar opposite manager, and that's not a good thing. That that's not how it should be, and that's not that's why you have a technical director and why you set up your club in that way, so you don't do that, so you have a continuity. Um, so you, it's, it's perfectly legitimate to ask questions about the long term plan at this moment in time. The caveat is, and this is a massive, massive, massive caveat, and hopefully I don't know, but hopefully why. Lou Dowling has done what he has done, is that hopefully Albion are going to be sold. Yeah. There is. We know Lai wants to sell. He wants to sell. He hasn't got the money to invest in Albion the way they need to be, in what they need. And he is not going to do it. Um, He wants to sell. He wants to get somewhere near what he paid. That is obviously going to be very, very difficult. It is going to be next to impossible in the Championship. Next to impossible. I believe, and this is a, I've got to stress this, I don't want this quoted anywhere either, and this is a belief, it's based on absolutely no fact whatsoever. But I believe Dowling has appointed to the to give the club the best chance of being sold. Because they have got more chance of um, being sold in the Premier League than they have in the Championship. And I know figures like Dowling, technical directors, managers, people, they do get ridiculed they do get people do get angry towards them people do question them but they're not believe it or not they're not idiots like he's mm. it, a very switched on bloke lou downage do you know what he's going to get some things wrong he's going to get some sign-ins wrong personally i think he was wrong to sack village these decisions are you, these things are fair to question <clears throat> you can question these things but albion works for a very long-term strategy normally um and I can't believe he wouldn't have done that. I'm not saying Albion will get bought because they might not, but I just think they think with Allardyce at the hound, they've got a better chance of being sold in the Premier League than the championship. And that's that's the, the I would say that's the logic to it. <clears throat> um but you, but but you certainly, in my opinion, you cannot make a case that there is no a long term plan at the Hawthorns.
0: Yeah. You can't. Yeah. GWBA, uh this is an interesting question. With recent reports regarding interest in Sam Johnston and not long left on his contract, should we consider selling now while his stock is high? I know he's been brilliant, but he's not enough. He's not still not been enough and using the money to strengthen elsewhere may be more useful. I think you'd be mad to sell Sam Johnston.
1: So I think you I think you'd be mad to sell Sam Johnston. I, I I can understand there is again there is a logic to it. Um but, the re- but there's two reasons why I think... You- well, three reasons why I think you'd be absolutely mad to sell him. The first thing is, you don't appoint Sam as manager if you're not doing everything you can to stay in the Premier League. Like we've just said, there is no long-term plan with him, effectively. Um, yeah. we've- Allardyce has come in to keep the club up. If we sell Sam Johnston, we might as well give up. Um, because if it wasn't for him, then... Probably wouldn't be bottom just because Sheffield United have had such a shocker, but we wouldn't be far off. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely got to keep him um, at all costs. Um second reason why I wouldn't sell him is because he, he will only have a year left on his deal in the summer, that is true. If he doesn't sign one between now and the summer, he will only have a year left. But <clears throat> that only becomes... A, a real strong negotiation tool if you're the only club in for someone. Yeah. Um, if there's no bidding war, basically. And I've got to be honest, the way he's playing, um, I think he'll have more than one suitor. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, I mean, he is the best goalkeeper in the... He has been the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season. Yeah. It's not been a better goalkeeper than him. I mean, his statistics show he's the best in Europe. Um. So, I mean, you think like Jordan Pickford got his move to Everton off the back of that one season with Sunderland, where they went, they got spanked every week, and he looked good. because mm. um, he was making a lot of saves, and he ended up going for thirty million odd quid. Um, I think there'll be a lot of clubs in for Johnston this summer. Um, and I and I genuinely think he's a lot better. He's a, he is better than a lot of Premier League goalkeepers, isn't he?
0: Oh yeah, like uh, I, I know Pickford <coughs> is starting for England, but have him over Pickford.
1: At this moment in time, you, you would. I mean, I've always said, I always say this. I do like Pickford. I do think he's a good goalkeeper. But, um, I mean, like for example, like so the, the clubs that have been linked, Leeds, for example, Leeds have got that kid in goal.
0: Uh, I think they're boy long term with him though. Yeah, personally. So,
1: his name begins with M, I can't remember what it is, but...
0: Ilan Messier. Melier.
1: But Johnson's better than him. I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds came back in for him in the summer. I know they've bought him long term, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't send him out on loan for a year somewhere or whatever. Um, look, Hugo Lloris could end up going to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. To join that Pochettino. Tottenham at the best possible.
0: Um, I mean, do they? Do, that's the thing for them, though. Do they look at, like, Gazaniga and say, he can start... Or do they bring someone in? Oh, they definitely
1: bring someone in.
0: I um, think is all right.
1: He's all right, but he's not good enough to be Tottenham's number one, I don't think.
0: Yeah, fair point.
1: Um, I think there's going to be a few clubs.
0: Brighton are another one who have like been chopping and changing their keeper, are not they?
1: Brighton chop and change their goalie all the time, yeah. Um, someone's going to... You have to remember, someone's going to stay up. Um, like Fulham. Who's Fulham's goalie?
0: Uh, Alphonse Areola. don't know if it's on loan though it was I mean
1: I think I think there's going to be a few I genuinely think if we go down there'll be a few Premier League clubs in for Sam Johnston Mm -hmm. and and yeah he'll for that reason I think they'll get still get a good price for him
0: Mm. Uh, Alan we all love Alan Um, Alan. general football point when (laughs) did it become a no contact sport any contact in the box is deemed a penalty. Com- commentators, how there was contact when was that illegal? Uh, my granny wouldn't fall over with some of the touches. P.S. She's still eating well. Um, yeah, I think this is partly to do with with the fact that VAR has come into football and you can slow things down now. And it seems that any time that a player is, is caught in the penalty area, that it's or, or a penalty straight away. The issue you've got is players are always looking to go down in the penalty area, which I I think a lot of people say, oh, that's cheating. I, I actually think they're just, if you get caught in the penalty area, of course you're going to go down because you, you're you trying to convince show the referee that you've been clipped. And if you don't go down, we've seen it time and time again, players have been fouled in the penalty area, don't go down and they don't get the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about VAR a lot. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not a con... It isn't a contact sport anymore, is it? It's ridiculous. It's gone way too soft for my liking, I completely agree. I hate VAR. I hate it because I don't understand the rules of football anymore. And It's my job to watch football. Um, and I don't understand why some things are given and why some things aren't. I'm completely baffled by it all. Um, it's just too inconsistent. So, yeah. Um, just those days when I used to... In in games, there's, there's there's turning points, right? So it's, it's normally a goal, right? It's normally a goal yeah. that changes games, or it might be, um, like, a, a, like a, a chance created or something. But but you know what? It used to, it used to, sometimes a crunch and tackle could could be a turning point. Sometimes like a real like full blooded, like could really get the crowd going and really sort of give a team a bit of momentum, and I just can't remember the last time I ever
0: saw that. I remember one of um, my favourite footballing moments is one of them. Go on. It's, uh, and forgive me, it's an Aston Villa game. Aston Villa oh, playing Leicester go, okay. in the FA Cup. I think it was the third or fourth round. Kieran Clark goes, and it's a terrific tackle, by the way. I mean, he obliterates Geoffrey Slup. Wins all the ball. And I, t- I tweeted about it. And he absolutely... I mean, he, Jeffrey Schlupp ends up in the air, flips over, referees like, nah, none of that, mate. That's a, that's a perfectly good challenge. I've never seen a better tackle. Was it beautiful? It, it, honestly, it was heavenly.
1: <clears throat> you can have a beautiful tackle, can't
0: you? I mean, mate, after this podcast, just stick it in YouTube. Just put in Kieran an. I, 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 I implore Albion runs to do it as well. I know it's Villa, Don't do it. But just watch his tackle. I'm not going to do it. Honestly, watch the tackle. Okay, send it to me. I'll send it to you. Everyone get back to me. If you see a challenge like that in a game, and the referee plays ball and knows that you've won the ball, it's not dangerous. It's bloody strong, but he's not going out to hurt the player. Wins all the ball. It's just a great thing to see. And I tell you what, when fans are in the ground, it lifts it lifts the ground up honestly lifts the foundations up about 30 foot it's brilliant um aaron two wba when is when is it likely the first editions will come in um
1: i i don't know um uh, all i know is that they're working round the clock and um there's constant names being banded around constant names um Like, the recruitment drive is well and truly underway. I know everyone knows that, but it does feel, even for me, it does feel very frantic. There is an awful Mm -hmm. lot happening. There's an awful lot happening. Um, Just like, um, obviously, Sam revealed after the game that he's missed out on three players because of Brexit. Um, But things are really moving. They're really, really moving. Um, They are... Look, there's... Allardyce keeps out, he needs time on the training ground, he needs it. So they do need to bring in players sooner rather than later. They are in the fortunate position that there is an FA Cup game at the weekend. Yeah. um, At Blackpool. I would be amazed if the team that starts against Wolves isn't significantly different to the one that played Arsenal. Yeah. I'd be amazed. I think they'll definitely be two or
0: three in for them that's a massive game that is by the way wolves
1: i mean i don't know if you. Uh, just on that game it's it is it is the most perfect opportunity um i'm gonna cough hang on <coughs> sorry um but look look I'm, i know there's a big debate with albion fans who is who is your rivals is it villa or is it wolves um Anyone who feels Villa are perfectly entitled to feel Villa. If if it's Villa that gets your goat up, that's absolutely fine. I know for a lot of fans, it's Wolves. For me, it's Wolves. That has nothing to do with Albion. I just hate Wolves, as everybody knows. Um, (laughs) But, like, this is just, like, wonderful. Like, if any game could turn it round. Um, Like, because, look, I don't think people really care that Sam Allardyce is grew up a Wolves fan. I don't think people are are really bothered about that. It does perhaps niggle somewhere down the line, but the bottom line is, is West West Bromwich Albion's manager? He's he's being paid a lot of money to keep them in the Premier League. I think everyone knows he's going to give it his absolute all. So I don't think it really matters, but the fact that it's Wolves, the fact that Allardyce supported them growing up, the fact that it could be almost the first game... Of the Allardyce era, really. Like, it could be the first time where he's got three-odd players in his team that he believes can make the difference. His own men. I just think it's a fantastic opportunity to turn things around.
0: It could really lift the team before it as well, couldn't it?
1: it it I mean, it would lift everyone. To beat Wolves, to beat Wolves with a few new additions, would completely change the mood. More so than if you beat, beat Southampton or... Do you know what I mean? It, it would just make a massive difference. And mm-hmm. everyone would be on board, I think, with a win at Wolves. Um, I'd lose my head. <laughs> I'd, I'd be straight over to Nathan Judah and Tim Spears giving it the big one. It would be fantastic. So, it's
0: a massive... I mean, ch- there's, a, there's a chance you, I might be there, mate.
1: There's a chance you might be there. We'll be, we'll be lording it over them, won't we? You'll be with me um it'd be great it's just a, it's just a real I, honestly I'm not just saying it for any game I could pick to be the next game that is it yeah that is genuinely it. um because this needs to start somewhere the big sam revolution if you like needs to start somewhere um and that is the best place it could possibly start for me um and famous last words <laughs> 'Cause I did say on this podcast we were gonna beat Leeds. Yeah. Um, they're not that great, are they?
0: They're 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 in a sticky patch, aren't they? They've lost they've lost Jimenez. I mean did you see their bench the other day at Brighton?
1: No, I tend to try and like keep away from them as much as I can.
0: Uh, John Ruddy. After that, all teenagers. I think the oldest player might have been twenty. He... The, in terms of strength and depth, I'll tell you what. They're struggling a little bit. And I had, a, I had a conversation with our Wolves man, Joe Edwards, earlier today. He's worried. He's worried about that game against Albion.
1: Because yeah, I, I, we I, Nick Alwell one of the subs, he's a big Wolves fan. He's worried about it as well. Um, they are worried about it. Um, which is hilarious, really, after the performances we've just put in against Leeds and Arsenal. Um, but it's a massive chance. It's a massive opportunity. It really
0: is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, David James, not a goalkeeper, I don't think, ah, says, uh, can we forfeit the season and start in the championship <laughs> next time around? Um, I mean, it's not over yet, David. It's not over yet. You never know. January might bring in four or five really good signings and all of a sudden, could be back... Uh, could be. Could be a little bit more of a, an optimistic feel about you. Um, Mike Griffiths, do either of you think Kenneth whore now has a chance under Big Sam? I believe he was only on loan till Jan. Yes, he's injured, but once that's over, question mark. Defe- definitely be a Big Sam player. We're also crying out for defending, battling midfielder, a Jakob-type player to break it up.
1: It was weird. It was really weird. Um, I think we said it all the time, that he went for, on a loan until January. Because there's not many January loans now, simply because all loans have callbacks, um, yeah. so you might as well send them there for the season and then call them back in January if things aren't going to plan. So it was always very odd that he went there, um, <clears throat> but look, he's certain. I think he's got a chance now. What we what we do know is that that um, Allardyce is. Determined to sign a striker this window. So that striker is going to be are you, the number one striker at the club, isn't he, really? It's going to be a shirt to yeah. lose. Um, I think everyone that can see that there's something King Carlin and Grant. Look, he's not done it. There's no doubt about it. He's not done it. Um, yeah. He's really, really struggled for form. I mean, he's had, he's had no
0: service, though.
1: Si. He's had no service. He's been absolutely starved of service. Um, but I think everyone can see there is a player in there. Um And how Robson-Carno always plays his part. So I don't know about Zahor, honest answer. But all of a sudden, I think everyone can agree that it feels a lot more likely Zahor could have a part to play this season. I mean, let's be honest, his Albion career has never really got going. Um, Mm. So, yeah, he could have a chance.
0: Could do. Uh, Last one. Brian Davis. Now Chris Brunt has finished at Bristol. Do you think he will come back as a coach, maybe an assistant for James Morrison? Um, it's a shame to see Brunt have to leave uh, Bristol City for me, yeah, especially in the position that he's in where he's picked up a nasty-looking calf injury and he's pretty much done for the season. It's just such a shame because he was so desperate to play, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, so desperate to play. And he made it clear he really thinks he should play on for as long as possible. Um so yeah i, I mean i meant, i've meant to ask actually but look it's very very raw this has only happened in the sort of the last 24 hours has not it so i think mm. chris is coming to terms with what happened and things don't move forward that quickly he's going to need to get his head around it and and just yeah just well just get his head around it so i don't know what the next stage is for him um you'd like to think that Wow, I mean I've got no doubt about it. Albion will aid his recovery. I haven't asked, but I'm sure they if Chris Brunt needs help recovering, they will undoubtedly give him that help. Um, there's just no way they wouldn't. So um And then who knows, yeah. I mean he is gonna wanna I would imagine he will be contemplating retirement now, I'm sure of it. But he does he did always say he did want to play on. Um mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what happens there. But I truly hope. Um he goes down the James Morrison path. And because obviously Morrison, I mean, he's had a rapid rise. Morrison has. He's,
0: I mean, yeah, he's, he's gone from what? Youth team to under
1: with... 23s to, um, the first team in basically a year, I think.
0: And you know where it all started, mate. He came on the bag, broadcast. <clears throat> he did. That was the turning point. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was the turning point for him. But yeah, I think, yeah. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully Chris Brent does something similar. See Darren Fletcher's gone to job at Man United today.
0: Yeah, and oh, you know what? I love Darren Fletcher as a pundit. I think he's brilliant. Don't think he gets enough work as a pundit.
1: No, it's a strange one, that isn't it? They seem to the same people are in cushy jobs, aren't they? Yeah,
0: <clears throat> there are some fantastic pundits recently. I, I I I love the likes of Alex Scott. I think she's really good. I think Mika Richards is 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 a great personality and obviously knows the game. Uh, Roy Keane, I really I really enjoy his kind of uh back and forth with him, to be honest. Uh and then obviously the likes of Neville and Carragher I think I both think are decent. But Fletcher for me, he came on and um I think he was on match of the day. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh and he, he his insight was just I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean he went in and it, I think they were talking about, you know, midfield, like and, and how to kind of work your way around it and what what the right thing to do is in a certain situation. And genuinely, I think I learned more from that 30-second answer than I ever had from any other kind of uh, pundit about about a set position, so to speak. I think he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
1: he was really good, wasn't he? He will be a manager one day. Oh, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, He might be, I'll be a manager one day, let's be honest. Uh, but he said he has said openly he wants to go
0: into management. Um, well, fair play to him because it's a great first step. I mean, but, I mean you can't work at many bigger clubs than United, can you? No,
1: uh, and he is United. And
0: obviously he's got he's got history with the club.
1: Well, he came through though. He was there for twenty years, I think. So, um, yeah. I mean, he won like five Premier League titles with him or something. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, he will. He'll go on and have a great career. I'm sure of it. And yeah, hopefully. Who knows, mate? Maybe one day Darren Fletcher will be Albion manager with Chris Brunt and James as assistants. That would be ace, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah, it would be good. Uh, Right, okay, let's finish up. um, Next game, of course, FA Cup, Blackpool versus Albion. It was interesting to hear Sam Allardyce after that game against Arsenal. I mean, he he, he didn't really pull any punches without naming names, did he? Um, Saying that he'd learnt about this group of players. Uh, I'm fully expecting to see plenty of changes for this FA Cup game. I know you talk about you know, you should embrace the FA Cup but position Albion are in I'm not too sure you can prioritise it can you?
1: Um, no, I mean it's a shame because um, I do have strong opinions on the FA Cup for basically whoever I cover. When when I covered Walsall I thought they should get knocked out in the first round and not even try and with Albion I think they should go on and make sure they do everything they can to win it. I should say with Walsall I used to think they should do absolutely everything they could to win the Checker Trade Trophy, Papa John's Trophy, whatever it is called now. Um, yeah. Because I just think there's so few opportunities to win silverware in football. And I think the best thing in football is seeing your your team on a podium, isn't it? And doing the old sort of shaking the hands and waiting to lift the trophy and stuff. That can't not make you smile. That is what it's all about for me.
0: Even um, just a trip to Wembley. And I know it's different this year because fans might not be there, but...
1: Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I agree. But <clears throat> I just... I just that's my always my dream. I just want to see a team on that podium, my I just um, so I think if you're one of the best twenty teams in the country, you should go all out to win the FA Cup. Um, but I don't see how they can really um, this year again. I
0: mean, say for say mm. for example, they start Pereira, and I mean, I'm, you wouldn't wish it on anyone. But say say he does his hamstring. It's not ideal, is it?
1: no it's not um and as we said earlier they've brought big sam in to keep them in the premier league so that is the priority it's got to be the priority my only (laughs) what sam is going to have to weigh up is if he's got time he's had his time on the training ground with them obviously that is absolutely crucial but you then need to take that into matches and, and learn in matches. And I I wonder whether he'd, he'd want a bit of game time for them still to help master his methods in-game. Um, mm. <clears throat> but, yeah, but the flip side to that is he's got a lot of players who so he hasn't ever seen play before. Um, yeah. Kyle Edwards, Cedric Kipra, for example. Um, the goalie, Button. um there's loads, really, isn't there? Rakeem um, Harper, he came off the bench the other day, but will probably want to play. Um, Sam yeah. Field, I think Sam Field could be fit for the weekend. So there's another one. Um, Kravinovic has not had a lot of game time, and all Dice, the mm. dice.
0: Um,
1: Grzycki, like another one. So,
0: Czech Diaby, maybe? Show check him DRB, on the
1: bench. yeah. Um, so I think, unfortunately, I think the Blackpool game is a bit of a write-off. I'm I'm sure Albion will win they'll get they'll have too much for them Um, whoever they play really Um, but um, yeah it's going to be interesting to see how he approaches it really because they could do as a win and some belief couldn't they and they need that's what I was
0: just thinking I was going to say I mean they could do with the (laughs) confidence
1: yeah but I do think he'll rotate massively
0: 11 changes
1: that's what I mean, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I mean Billich would make eleven changes. Um yeah. But I'm not sure. I, th- I think there's a logic to maybe five or six. I mean you, ha- you can't play Johnston, can you?
0: I mean the last the last thing you need is Johnston, you know Going out to clear a ball and like I say, like I said, like do 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 your calf or do your hamstring, but it's just is there a point in risking these players in a competition where, yes, you can you can go to Wembley, but if there's a year to kind of bin off the FA Cup when there's no fans, it does, it's looking increasingly less likely that we're going to be seeing fans in grounds for the rest of the season, really. Yeah. If there's a year to bin it off, it might be this one. I
1: mean, I wouldn't be happy selling Johnston, like not having Johnston and having 15 million in the bank. So not having Johnston because he's out for 3 months because he's pulled his calf muscle against Blackpool that would be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so he definitely can't play.
0: Like I mean Conor Gallagher give us that a break.
1: I think he's I think he's banned.
0: Oh then yeah great.
1: Um so he can't play. Yeah, I mean it
0: helps you because he'd probably be he, he's, he seems like the type to want to play week in week out.
1: Yeah, yeah he'd want to play week in. I need to double check that. I think it's Five yellows goes into the FA Cup, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does.
1: Um, so, yeah, he can't play. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- I wouldn't play him otherwise. Yeah, otherwise, definitely not. That deserves a break, doesn't he?
0: Exactly. I mean, the way he plays as well. I mean, I know he hasn't maybe found the form that we've seen previously. But, I mean, he's like a Duracell bunny. and uh, he's, If you can rest him for a game, then you take the chance. Uh, right, that just about does us, mate. Um I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll get accredited for that with you, for Blackpool. Yeah, that <clears throat> would be good. Yeah, would uh, be. Might see an on scene video. When was the last time we did one of them? Southampton. Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good day. Oh, it might it might <clears throat> happen. No, you
1: love, love an away trip, don't
0: you? Hey, I the fact it, I just I just like being able to cover the games at grounds.
1: Oh yes, a million times better
0: isn't it? Yeah, like I mean, there's there's a comfort of being able to do it from home, but it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Mm. And you miss things as well because when you sat at the ground, you get like a you've got your peripheral vision and you can see stuff going on. Whereas a camera, like when you're watching from home on TV, you're given you're given that broadcast view and you can't see anything else. Yeah, I think like I just also, miss little things.
1: I think a, a lot. Yeah, I agree, Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think any, not anyone, but people, Albion did play three at the back against Arsenal, but I don't think you could tell that on TV. I had loads of messages saying we're playing four four one one, And I wasn't going to turn around and say, we're not, I'm here, because you sound, you sound like an idiot. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, things like that, you do see so much more, obviously. You do, you do, you do.
0: That, and I get to see you in person, mate, and it's exactly. always nice. exactly. It's always nice. Uh, right, yeah, that just about does us. Uh, anything else to add, mate?
1: Just one thing, actually. Go on. Um, we had a lovely, lovely email um, from a bloke called Tony Alcock. Um, oh, and, our
0: top classist, by the way.
1: Uh, it was absolutely lovely. Um, a former journalist who listens every week to the podcast. And he sent us the most lovely email. Um, and it was really, really nice to get it. And I think I messaged you straight away, didn't I? Said, have you seen this email? It's absolutely lovely. Um,
0: yeah, I, se- I actually sent him a reply myself.
1: Well, that's why i'm bringing it up actually because i haven't replied to him yet he sent it on the 22nd of december um and my excuse tony is that i'm just busy with two kids at christmas and this job is ridiculous at the moment but i promise i will reply eventually um but i just want to say thank you for the email because it was absolutely lovely um but you have replied have you
0: yeah well, i i dropped to reply You're a good um <clears throat> and we do we do massively appreciate that because you know we have it amazes me to this day that me and you sit either in the same room or in our in our different houses over the internet uh, as in recent times have a little bit of a natter and, and let's be let's be honest sometimes um maybe go off the rails a little bit in terms of our conversation and people actually enjoy it it genuinely knocks me back how many people listen to it and respond to it uh and i, I can't say there's anything that i enjoy more than hearing from people who enjoy listening and yeah, the odd person uh, back when we were out and about and when I was at games coming over and just saying hello just because they listen to the podcast. is absolutely brilliant. Um, so I appreciate everyone who gets in touch and obviously everyone who submits a question even if we don't get through to all of them. Um, genuinely one of the nicest things about doing the job um, and I'm humbled that people actually listen to us and enjoy us.
1: I agree, mate. I agree. Thank you again. Especially email from Tony it was,
0: it was ace. Thank you. It was really yeah. nice. Um <clears throat> Right then, that's it for another episode. I promise I'm I'm well, one minute, let me double check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise I'm not off next week. Um check the so there will be the boss
1: is in, that means you're in.
0: A hundred percent are a hundred percent the rest of this month there won't be any interruption to your regular baggies broadcast scheduling. Um, it's
1: sad that a month is an achievement for you it really is (laughs) but we'll take it
0: honestly you just picked the worst days to ask me to do it the worst Uh, right from me, from Joe a fond farewell